You are listening to a sermon preached at the First Christian Church of St. Ignatius in St. Ignatius, Montana. For more information, you can visit us at www.firstchristiansti.org. Well, happy Mother's Day, and uh, I'm really tempted to say today's message is, mothers, where would we be without them? Let's pray. No, that's not it. (laughs) No, today we're going to uh, talk about moms, but maybe in a little different way than sometimes. Okay, let's start with a few quotes about mothers. If evolution really works, how come mothers only have two hands? Clarity and focus doesn't always come directly from God or inspirational quotes. Usually it takes your mother to slap the reality back into you. (laughs) When your mother asks, do you want a piece of advice? It's a mere formality. It doesn't matter if you answer yes or no. You're going to get it anyway. Oh, here's one that's certainly true. It's not easy being a mother. If it were easy, fathers would do it. The phrase, working mother, is redundant. You knew that. And finally, some of you may have something in common with Mark Twain, who is reported to have said, my mother had a good deal of trouble with me, but I think she enjoyed it. (laughs) Now, actually, I think that sounds like something Elvin would say. So, you know, you can ask him about that later. Now, it is Mother's Day. And I recognize, you know, that if if I were just to speak to the moms here... Already, I've lost more than half of you, see? Okay, not all of us are mothers, obviously, but all of us have had mothers. And most of us know that the biological commitment that it takes to become a mother is significantly greater than what it takes to become a father. The nine-month investment of time on the part of the mother may go a long way to explaining this. A father can can spend countless hours throwing the football with his son, teach him the finer points of strategy, spend thousands of dollars on football camps and seminars, pay for tutors so the son can get into the best university, pay many more thousands of dollars for that university, cash in every bit of influence he can muster to attract the attention of football coaches and scouts. And then when the son finally makes it into the pros and makes the game-winning play, when the television cameras are on him, what does he say? Hi, Mom. (laughs) It's more than simple recognition. It's honor and respect and love and gratitude all rolled up. Oh, and see, I've messed this up already because that was supposed to be up here the whole time. It's honor and respect and love and gratitude all rolled up into two simple words. Hi, Mom. Honor, respect, Love and gratitude are things that we ought to be showing our mothers, whether they are still with us or not. And yes, I know, not all mothers are perfect. Some are completely irresponsible and deficient in any sort of meaning, meaningful parenting skills. I don't mean any of you, but you know those people are out there. But even then, shouldn't we still honor everything that a mom should be? Well, I think we ought to. And I think that honoring our mothers honors God. It is the fifth commandment given in Exodus 20, verse 12. 
Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. There are many other places in Scripture that mention honoring our parents. And in Matthew 19, Jesus named this commandment specifically as he told the rich young ruler what the path to eternal life looks like. He, he mentioned this one. Well, today's message is called, Honor Your Mother. And I want you to turn to the book of Proverbs, because we're going to be looking at passages from Proverbs to point us in the right direction to honor our mothers. Living or not, with us or not, whatever the, the case might be, good mothers, bad mothers, whatever the, the, the situation, we want to know what it takes to honor our mothers, because that applies to everybody. And uh, let's look in Proverbs here this morning to see some of these things. Now, how many of you could fill in this blank? My mom always said, <laughs> anybody want to share? My, okay, make it church appropriate. Church appropriate only, right? right? Okay, Kelvin. This is going to hurt me more than it is going to hurt you. Oh, yeah. I actually heard that one from my dad, but I think my mom was thinking it about half the time. Yeah. Anybody else want to share? My mom always said, Ah, yeah. My, <laughs> I'm going to share. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, good advice. Good advice. Marriage is something you have to work out every day. Right. Okay. My mom, my mom always said, it takes two to fight. She also said, two wrongs don't make a right. Come to think of it, those two things are kind of almost the same thing. Uh, and I remember that my mom said a lot of other things too. Some of it I don't remember in the aftermath of what came right, you know, after she said it. But anyway. <laughs> I hope you remember some things that your mom said or says. Because some of you are still in that process of absorbing this. Why should we or why do we remember what our moms might have said? Well, one, one reason might be that moms tend to say the same thing repeatedly over and over, again and again, right? And why do they do that? Is it because they think we're stupid? Hopefully not. Hopefully not. I think it's because they don't always know when we are listening, and they want the message to get through. Well, I picked a couple of passages from Proverbs that talk about listening to your mother. The first one is Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 and 9 it says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Indeed, they are a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments about your neck. Now, before we start talking about the benefits of listening to your mother's teaching, we ought to establish what that teaching is. And, you know, unless your mom is perfect like mine is, she is capable of, yeah, she's capable of making a mistake either in her teaching or in her example. Uh, for, here, here's an illustration of that. I heard a mom say once upon a time, I heard a mom say that it's okay to have sex with someone as long as you really love them. And that was the only real criteria that she laid out there for that. It wasn't my mom that said that. It wasn't my kids' mom who said that. But it was a mom who said that. And she was wrong. Sexual relations are limited to one man and one woman who are married to each other. Even if your mom told you that, it wouldn't be the right teaching to listen to. 
So when we come to Proverbs 1.8, and we, hear, we, we see this, uh, you know, my son, hear, my son, your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. The father's instruction and the mother's teaching consist of the sayings of understanding, the instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity that are mentioned back in Proverbs 1, verses 2 and 3. You can look that later. This is instruction given in the fear of the Lord, as mentioned in verse 7. It is consistent with God's standards and with his desire for how all of us should live. Rather than understanding Solomon to say, listen to your mother no matter what she told you. Hear him say this. Listen to the godly instruction that your mother gave you or that she should have given you. And additionally, we have to understand that the the idea of listening is more than just hearing. It means to hear and to obey, and we'll talk about that later. With that said, there are many benefits to listening to a mother's godly instruction. And one of those is that it makes you look good. Okay, Solomon says here, that when you implement God's godly instruction, excuse me, when you implement mom's godly instruction, it is as though you have a crown of honor on your head. It's as though you have the attractiveness of fine jewelry around your neck. We just got back from attending our son Nick's graduation from Boise Bible College. And while we were there, just after the ceremony, I had the opportunity to speak uh, both to Terry Stein, the current outgoing president of BBC, and Dr. Derek Voorhees, the man who will become president of BBC on June 1st when Mr. Stein leaves to serve as president at St. Louis Christian College. Both of these men had Nick in class. Neither of them knew Nick before Nick went to college there. Independently of each other, along with a few other faculty to whom I had the chance to speak, uh, both of these men were very complimentary of Nick. And Dr. Voorhees described Nick as a man of God. And why do I tell you all this? Because one of the main reasons that Nick is respected and appreciated by the present and future presidents of the college is that Nick listened to his mother's teaching. Audrey has been teaching our sons since the day they were born about what it means to live a godly life. And Nick is not perfect. And Nick has had a lot of other godly influences in his life. Many of you are included in that group, and I can't thank you enough for that. But I know that he and our other sons are reaping the benefits of listening to their mother's instruction. It makes you look good when you listen to mom's godly instruction and do it. And then if you turn to Proverbs chapter 23, we'll look at verses 22 through 25. Proverbs 23, verses 22 through 25. We'll find another reason why you should listen to mom. Listen to your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who sires a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and your mother be glad, and let her rejoice who gave birth 
to you. Now, we probably all heard the saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Yeah, I know you guys know that. And, and is it true? Yeah, only if she says so, right? Yeah, I, I get that. Okay, so making mama happy for all the right reasons is something that benefits everyone. Proverbs 23, 22 here says, Do not despise your mother when she is old. That means you don't stop listening to your mother just because you think she's out of touch with your generation. Oh, mom doesn't understand me. I don't have to listen to her. Want to bet? Mom understands you way more than you think, right? And what is it that makes mom happy? When her children learn, hold on to, and apply God's truth. Obtaining and using God's wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Gaining all that can be gained from listening to her godly teaching. And as a result, your mom will be glad and rejoice over you. And when mom is happy, everybody's happy, right? Okay, let's go on to the next point here. As I mentioned before, listening is only half the equation. To really honor your mother, you need to obey her as well. Let's look at some of the benefits of obeying the godly teaching your mother gave you or should have given you. And we'll start in Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs 6, verses 20 through 23. Proverbs six twenty through 23. My son, observe the commandment of your father. And do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Bind them continually on your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk about, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk to you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching is light, and reproofs for discipline are the the way of life. Verses 22 and 23 of Proverbs 6 give five benefits of obeying your mother's godly instruction. Like a map or a GPS, mom's instruction will guide you in life. Like a home security system, mom's teaching will protect you. Like a good friend, whether mom is right there or not, her words will advise you. Like a powerful light, mom's godly teaching will illuminate your life, making your choices clearer and easier. And like the railings that keep you from falling over the edge of a cliff or some other thing, mom's correction will restrain you from choosing the path of evil. That's a lot of benefit. It is a blessing to you, not just to hear the words, but to obey. And then turn to Proverbs 29, 15. Because there's a counterpoint to that. There's the other side of the coin. Proverbs 29, 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. So if obedience brings a blessing, what does disobedience bring? I mean, besides missing out on the blessings of obedience, disobedience brings shame to the mother of the disobedient child. And when we read that, we may tend to think of small children. That application certainly exists. But does the benefit of discipline wear out over time? Hmm. No, see, that's the whole point of it. One of the purposes of discipline is to instill certain values and behaviors into the child. So the child will retain those values and behaviors long after childhood has ended. If a child is not disciplined or if the child does not respond to, the, to discipline in obedience, the mother will be ashamed, 
perhaps for what she perceives as being a failure at parenting, but also for the shame she feels when others look at her and see that her children do not obey her. Now you tell me, does disobedience honor your mother? No. No, it does not. Go on to our third point. We already read Proverbs 23, 23, which says, Buy truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom and instruction and understanding. If you go back to Proverbs chapter 4, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 through 9, is more detailed in this. Proverbs 4, 5 through 9 says, Acquire wisdom. Acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, that's wisdom, and she will guard you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is, acquire wisdom. And with all your acquiring, get understanding. Prize her and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a garland of grace. She will present you with a crown of beauty. Now, gaining wisdom has many benefits for you, but showing foolishness has some real problems, some of which have to do with mothers. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. Proverbs 10, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish son is a grief to his mother Now, if you've been around moms any length of time at all, and I know you have, you'll know that moms cry for a lot of reasons. Uh, They can be in pain. okay? They can be emotionally touched. They can be deliriously happy. Or they can be really sad. And this point might have been titled, Don't Make Mama Cry. A foolish child, at least not for the wrong reason, a foolish child is one who does not seek wisdom and who does not act wisely. This isn't referring to the toddler who gets into the bag of flour and covers the kitchen with the flour. Some of you have experienced that, I know. And yeah, it's not talking about that. This refers to the child, grown up or not, who either knows or should know the right thing to do and doesn't do it. You might have heard a mother asking herself or someone else, where did I go wrong? as she blames herself for the foolish conduct of her children. She is grieved, not so much because she might not have parented well, but because she knows the damage that her child is doing to himself or herself. Foolishness grieves mom. From Proverbs 15.20 then, we have another problem with foolishness as it relates to mom. Proverbs 15.20 A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. Now, that word despise, it means to show contempt for. And contempt is dislike or disdain, disapproval, scorn, and disrespect. You show contempt for things that are of little value or significance. When you see a penny on the ground, but you walk by without picking it up, assuming you're physically able, you are showing contempt for the penny. You are literally saying, that penny is not worth my time. A child who has received godly instruction from his mother and then ignores that godly instruction is showing that same kind of contempt for his mother. Mom, I don't value what you've taught me and I'm going to do whatever I want to instead. That is not, that is not how you honor your mother. Which brings us to our fourth category. 
our fourth. I know this, this sounds like man, there's a lot of negative stuff here. There's a lot at stake. And it would be great just to focus on mom being happy and, and the mom and the kids all getting along just fine. The kids always being perfect children. How many of you are perfect children? Not one hand better go up, right? Yeah. <laughs> not one hand. I saw that. Yeah, no perfect children. And it's not just because there aren't perfect parents, okay? No perfect children. But our fourth category is dishonoring mom. And maybe it seems weird to talk about dishonoring mom on Mother's Day. But honoring our mothers isn't a one-day-a-year effort. So we do something nice for mom on Mother's Day. That's great. What are we doing the other 364 days? And there are some real bad things that people do sometimes that dishonor their mothers. Let's turn to Proverbs 19.26. Proverbs 19.26. I don't bring this up because I'm pointing a finger at anybody. I don't bring this up because I'm saying this is you. I, I bring this up because these are things that happen or can happen and should never happen. And so I think it's worthwhile to address them. Proverbs 19.26. He who assaults his father and drives his mother away is a shameful and disgraceful son. You'd say, well, duh. Nobody would do that. Mm. On September 5, 2015, 22-year-old Christopher Irvin and his 17-year-old brother Cameron Irvin drugged their, drugged their parents, Yvonne and Zachary. Christopher and Cameron then tried to kill their parents by beating them, suffocating them, strangling them, and uh, there were a couple other things they did. After that, that was after they tried to blow up the house with their parents in it but failed. After his arrest, the younger son, Cameron, allegedly said, just kill me now. I tried to kill my parents. Who does that? As a clue to answering that question, you should know that both drugs and alcohol were involved. No definitive motive was ever established, though insurance money was mentioned as a possibility. Christopher and Cameron didn't just wake up one one morning and say, we're going to kill our parents today. Their crime followed years of drug and alcohol use, building up resentment over their parents' rules and blaming their parents for their issues and failures. By all accounts, their conflict was almost exclusively with their father, yet they tried to kill both of their parents. At the sentencing hearing, both parents begged for leniency for their children. And Yvonne Irvin said, The boys that we raised did not do this implying that they had offered instruction that should have led to a much better outcome. If these boys had honored their father and mother, listened to their instruction, and obeyed them, I think that never would have happened. Proverbs then, chapter 20, verse 20. Proverbs twenty twenty. He who curses his father or his mother, his lamp will go out in time of darkness. Exodus 21.17 says, He who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. When Jesus quoted that in Matthew chapter 15, the New American Standard Version rendered it this way, He who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. Now, it seems that such punishment was rarely, if ever, carried out, even in Old Testament times. But the consequences of living a life void of wisdom or understanding, which is what I interpret this to mean, 
followed by an eternity in hell, which I think is the next logical outcome, those, those things may seem extreme just for saying a few words. But it's not just words, is it? It's an expression of the heart. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And if a person speaks evil of father or mother, well, Scripture says he's deserving of death. And Proverbs 20.20 says his lamp will go out in time of darkness. This goes to show how much importance God puts on the authority of the parents and on his desire that children honor their parents. There's one more way we're going to talk about that people might dishonor mom. It's in Proverbs 28.24. Proverbs 28:24 He who robs his father or his mother and says it is not a transgression is the companion of a man who destroys Christopher and Cameron Irvin stole money from their parents to pay for drugs Jesus told about another kind of stealing from parents in Jesus day Grown children were expected to provide for and care for their elderly parents. But the Jews, some of them, had developed a tradition whereby anything that would have been used for parental support was declared Corban, or devoted to God. Somehow, at least in some cases, the money or resources remained under the control of the individual. And according to the tradition... Even if a person wanted to go back and use the resources for parental support, he was forbidden to do so because he, it was though, as though he'd taken an oath. I, I will not use these for my parents. They are devoted to God, at least in theory. And so now I, can't not, I can't, uh, cannot ever use them for my parents. Jesus said this was an example of how the Jews used their traditions to nullify the word of God. But it also illustrates the wickedness in withholding that which properly belongs to father or mother. Romans 13.7 says, Render to all what is due them, tax to whom tax is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Withholding honor from your mother would be another form of stealing from her. And our verse in Proverbs says that a man who does this and then justifies himself is the companion of a man who destroys. That phrase, a man who destroys, that refers to the anarchist, the one who tears the fabric of society. Stealing from parents or withholding what is due them defies God's order for families and and society, tearing them both apart. And so then we come to our last main point here, and I think it's a good question. Why does it matter? Well, we've talked about a lot of things, and you could make a case already for why it matters. I think it should already be evident that there are benefits for us as we honor our mothers and our fathers, and consequences for us when we don't. But if you need further motivation to honor your mother, Proverbs gives that motivation. Turn to chapter 30. We've got two passages in chapter 30 that give us some motivation, perhaps, or additional motivation for telling us why it matters to honor our our mother, honor our parent. Proverbs chapter 30, verses 11, 11 through 14. Proverbs 30, 11 through 14 say this. There is a kind of man who curses his father, we just talked about that, and does not bless his mother. 
There is a kind who is pure in his own eyes, yet is not washed from his filthiness. There is a kind, oh how lofty are his eyes, and his eyelids are raised in arrogance. There is a kind of man whose teeth are like swords, and his jaw teeth like knives, to devour the afflicted from the earth, and, and the needy from among men. What does that have to do with this? Well, as we saw with Christopher and Cameron Irvin, not honoring one's mother is not something isolated that happens on its own. It's part of a bigger picture that encompasses all of a person's life. Here in Proverbs 30, not honoring parents is accompanied by self-righteousness, arrogance, and the exploitation of others. When a person fails to honor his mother, he ought to examine his own life for signs of these other issues. Or, we could say it the other way around, if these other things are present, he can be pretty sure that he is not honoring his mother either. Failing to honor our mothers is a symptom of bigger issues. A symptom that shows that our lives are not on a proper course compared to God's desire for us. And then Proverbs thirty seventeen. We have to be thinking long term. Honoring your mother leads one way. Not honoring your mother leads another. Proverbs chapter 30 verse 17 says, The eye that mocks a father and scorns a mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. You see, we've already mentioned that there are consequences both in this life and eternally for those who do not honor their parents. One commentator put it this way, Honor your parents or else, right? The picture of Proverbs thirty seventeen is that of a corpse that had been discarded without burial, which in Solomon's day, that was a disgraceful thing to, to uh, not, be, not, not receive a proper burial. It was something that was often associated with a violent death. And Proverbs thirty seventeen serves as a warning to all who wish to avoid being dishonored themselves. There's a popular secular proverb traced back to a Chinese philosopher named Lao Tzu. And that proverb says, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, yeah. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. My question is, what kind of journey will it be when that first step is in the wrong direction? Failing to honor our mothers is the wrong first step in the journey of our lives, and it will lead us to a tragic end, both in this life and the life to come. But let's talk about something a little bit more pleasant as we come to a close in the message today. I'm sure almost all of you know who Timothy was in the Bible. Timothy, right? How did Timothy become a Christian? Well, we don't really know. I mean, we don't have the exact details. We don't have the, the dialogue recorded and the, all the activities there. But I'd say almost certainly, the Apostle Paul on his missionary journey was the Lystra, Derby, Iconium, those cities there in Asia, uh, Asia Minor, uh, or excuse me, in, in uh, Galatia. Uh, almost certainly, the Apostle Paul was the first one to tell Timothy the good news about Jesus. But why did Timothy believe in Christ? Just, I mean, you know, when Paul shows up and says, here, I want to tell you about Jesus. Timothy says, great. Why? Well, the Apostle Paul reminded Timothy of the benefit that he had received from listening to his mother and his grandmother. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, 
verse 5, Paul said this to Timothy, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is, that it is in you as well. Paul continued in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, to remind Timothy of how he had learned about God and matters of Scripture. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And if you're not thinking about it, going into it, it may not occur to you for a moment that the Bible that Timothy had available to him was what we call the Old Testament, including the book of Proverbs. That was his preparation to become a Christian when presented with the gospel truth. And if it was from childhood, we could say, well, they sent him off to Jewish school and he learned it there. Maybe. Who sent him off to Jewish school? Mom and Grandma. Who talked about it when they were at home? Mom and Grandma. Who quizzed him on what he learned in school and, and made sure he applied it? Mom and Grandma. Right? Timothy learned to believe in God and acquired the wisdom needed to believe in Jesus Christ when Paul presented the gospel to him in large part, I believe, because of the influence of his godly mother and grandmother. And whether you have had a godly mother or grandmother or not, if any woman has had that kind of godly influence on you, then you have benefited greatly from that influence, whether you realize it or not. And whether that godly influence has come to you from your own mother, from some other woman, or both, you now have what you need in order to make the right choice today. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Accept Him as your Lord and Savior, repenting of your sin, confessing your faith to others, and being baptized into Him for the forgiveness of your sin. And I was really tempted at this point to say, is there any better way to honor your mom on Mother's Day? If you make that decision just to honor mom, I think you're missing something. It's not wrong. It would honor your mother, but it can't be made on that basis. This is a decision that you have to make because you have evaluated the truth and, and de determined, that's my choice. And then, after you've made that choice, the honor comes to your mom. If you want to begin a new life in Christ today, please come forward as we stand and sing our invitation song.